think. Act and prosper. You are now tuned into the Money Level Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Money Level Show. I appreciate you all for tuning in. And today we're going to uh, do an exclusive interview. I like to interview people that are in different aspects, that work with different aspects of money, uh, whether that's uh, taxes, financial planning, investing, and things of that nature, so that uh, you all are able to get something out of this and not just hear me talk and rant all the time. <laughs> so uh, I just appreciate y'all for listening in. So today we have um, my friend Mark. And so just to give a little backstory on how me and Mark came to this conversation, it really just it really just highlights how much you have to really listen to people and how much you have to get to know people. And so we were in a group meeting and and Mark had uh, mentioned that he was a CPA. And so we began to engage through email and everything and, and just being able to um, really just connect and being able to see that, okay, this actually applies to what I'm doing. And so whenever you're getting to know people, whenever you talk to people and get to know them, you, you never know what, what they may be doing. You never know what their side hustle or their old jobs may have been, and, and they could be a connection for you. So uh, Mark, I just want to welcome you today and appreciate you for coming today. Well, thanks very much, Daryl. I uh, appreciate the invitation. And uh, I had no idea that we worked in the same building and we had interests like this uh, that we share. So um, I'm glad we were both in that training on Friday. And um, yeah, I'm eating this up. It's great. Definitely, definitely. It's, it's, uh, it's been a passion of mine since the pandemic. Uh, first started. I've I've always kind of known about money. You know, I used to follow Dave Ramsey, uh, pretty pretty strictly, and and you know, and um, and then I began to read like Robert Kiyosaki and how to build passive income and and things of that nature. So, I kind of Good. been going down this rabbit hole for the last uh, few months, and so um, since the beginning of this year. So, I'm well, you're you're a young guy. If uh, if you keep it doing what you're doing uh, 20 years from now you'll um, you'll be given big sums of money to social causes and other things yeah so, definitely i hope so, so. I hats, hope so. Ha yeah hats off to you for um studying this stuff learning and uh, maybe it'll make you wealthy someday so good luck yeah definitely definitely so our, our motto here at the money level show is to think act and prosper so we tap in so yeah. uh, we have to think about these things and then we have to act and then we then we prosper in that in that case um so uh just to just give us a little backstory of kind of what what led you down the path of uh doing uh, being a cpa accounting and taxes and all of that stuff what, what kind of led you to in that interest or whatnot all right. Well, uh, great question. Um, so my mother pushed me out of the house when I was, uh, I had just turned 18 and she said, you're going to college. So uh, she sent me over to WSU and I had no idea what to study. And I, so I said, okay, how about pre-med? And I, I didn't do well. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I, <clears throat> I said, okay, well, what profession is there that spans the entire community so that there would be um, reasonable assurance I could get a job. Yeah. And, you know, keeping track of money is something that every organization, including individual households, have to do. 
Yes, yes. <clears throat> and because the regulatory environment is so complex that going to college somewhat prepares you to enter that world and handle that complexity. And so I thought, yeah, and, and I like numbers. Numbers are fun. Um, mm -hmm. I'm natural with them. And so I began to pursue uh, a business degree um, and eventually got that. And then I went on to get an accounting degree, which took another year uh, wow. at WSU. And then I was commissioned as a second lieutenant and boom, I uh, went off to Georgia. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause uh, you're, you're a lot better than me. Cause uh, I was terrible with, at math and, um, but I love money and, and math plays decent <laughs> <piece of> money. <laughs> yeah. Know? There you go. Wait, you can, wait. you can learn to love it. If you, yeah, you know, definitely. If you, yeah, if you love something, it depends on something else. You learn to love both. So math for me, you know, it, it really, I really hated it, but it, money, money uh, relies on it. You know, money relies on math. Uh, I'm doing actually doing my real estate license now, and I'm learning how to calculate interest rates and and square footage of homes and all of those different things. And so all of that applies to math. And so I really. Um, I, I hated it at first, but you know, money relies on math. So, and if you, if you don't know how to count it, then you're going to get screwed over at some point. Right. Uh, especially when you look at um, interest and uh, how it compounds from year to year, mm -hmm. you know, if some people think, Oh yeah, well, okay. 2%. So you put it in and you pull it out and you get 2%. But if you hold it there, you get 2% year one, and then you get 2% in year two, but year year two includes the 2% you got in year one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, there's a rule called the rule of 76 where you, you divide, um, uh, you take the interest rate um, and it, it'll tell you how many years it takes for your money to double. And right now it takes 70 years because the interest rates are so low. Mm -hmm. Um but ages ago, I bought a CD for my, my mother after I sold her house, and I got 6.5%. Wow. So the 65 I put in 10 years later was worth 130. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, I actually, you know, talked a little bit about that, how, you know, keeping our money in, in banks, how banks, you know, they pay uh, 0. 0.00005% <laughs> or whatnot. And it's like, Hey, you, you, the bank is using your money to loan out to other people. Uh, and so yep. if you're not, you're not going to get anywhere by leaving it in the bank and then inflation is going to take down your purchasing power and all of those different things as well. So. No, that's yeah. exactly right. You know, uh, depending on how much money you have in the bank, you might get a dividend of 11 cents. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely, definitely yeah so what are you gonna do pull that out and go buy something yeah no, yeah I don't, no, no no nothing costs 11 cents <laughs> it used uh, to be you could but you could buy bubble gum for a nickel but i don't think you can anymore yeah yeah i, I think those days are long gone so uh so just a little bit about you know accounting like i, I kind of started researching a little more about how to read balance sheets and things like that and and i came to uh, start studying uh, a little bit about taxes and knowing that we have a tax code here in the in the United States and and I, I did a video breaking down like kind of the cash flow quadrant of how you pay um, a lot more taxes as an employee or self-employed. So taxes seem very overwhelming. 
for a lot of people. They seem confusing or even boring for, for the average person. Um, but how, how important are they? Well, I, um, if I recall my history correctly, I, I think the income tax was imposed in uh, 1913. And it, it may have been to pay off the debt uh, from the Civil War. I can't recall my history. But mm-hmm. um, since then, uh, Americans have been taxed at, at varying rates. Um, at one point, the, the, the highest tax rate on marginal income was 97%. So that wow. if you earned a dollar, all but three cents of it went to Uncle Sam. Wow. And, and it, you know, if you're out to make money, um, you want to have efficient processes and procedures. You want to pay your employees a fair wage. Um, and you want to be very competitive. And so one very fruitful avenue to lower costs for businesses is to have highly skilled tax accountants on the payroll who can look at the activities of the business, compare those to the tax code, and then take advantage of what's in the tax code to um, minimize their tax liability. And what I mean by that is, what check, how big is the check they have to send to the IRS at the end of a year? And, you know, the, the tax code at one point was 7,500 pages long. Wow. And, and that was some years ago. And so it's, it may be 8,500 pages long now. And people like you and me, Daryl, we're never going to make sense of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Most of us don't have to, though, because... In my case, you know, I work for the county, Jefferson County. I go to work. I get a paycheck. That's about it. You know, I have Mm -hmm. savings accounts. I have some investments and so on. But when it comes time for me to file my tax return, I use a short form. um, And this year, I I have to use the standard deduction. uh, And I'm married. So that's about 24000 if I look at everything I spend that I can deduct, you know, mortgage interest and so on, I don't have 24,000 in deductions. So mm-hmm. um, I'll take the standard and then I'll, you know, I'll owe what I owe. Um, and I'm happy to do that because it pays for school, law enforcement, uh, all kinds of very good social things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many different categories of taxpayers. You have simple ones like me, and then you have very complex tax returns where somebody making millions has overseas investments. Uh, They might be building something. And it's it's so hard to go through the tax code and, and determine what people are eligible for to reduce their tax liability. But it's a huge industry in the country. Um, a lot of people are good at it. And as a result, a lot of people who make a lot of money don't pay a lot in taxes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Which from yeah. a social, from a social point of view is really not a fair thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the thing about the tax code and shut me up, Daryl, anytime you want me to shut up. Oh, no, that's all good. The, the tax code is uh, created by the Congress. They, mm-hmm look at amendments to the tax code every single year, but that whole process is influenced 
in 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 a in my view in an unethical way because you have all these lobbyists in Washington who want certain things put into the tax code so their situation gets favorable treatment and they pay less in taxes. Yeah, yeah. So you end up with a guy who makes 500 million and he owes nothing in taxes. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. yet here you know I don't know what you paid Daryl last year, but you must have paid eight or nine or ten thousand in taxes. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was up there. Uh, I do have a self-employed business, so I was able to write off quite a few things. And uh, what 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 did you just say? I have a self-employed uh, business. No, the the write-off part. Talk oh, to me so about I, that. I was able to uh, write off a few things uh, for, because of uh, because the tax code wants you to be in business, right? Yep. Yep. And they want you to be able to write those things off so that you can be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Right. Now, that's not a lobbyist provision. A lobbyist provision would be for a you know, multinational oil company to be able to deduct this or that. Yeah, exactly. Right? So that the deficit goes up um, or they offshore, they go to Ireland or some other place. So... Um, Anyway, yeah. when, when, whenever you whenever you have complex legislation, you have opportunity for lobbying and for loopholes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's always some loopholes. Uh, I've noticed that um, with a lot of these laws uh, being passed, like uh, when uh, Teddy Roosevelt passed the uh, gold confiscation uh, uh, law uh, and. Uh, there was a loophole with that, that if you own gold that was pre-1933, you didn't have to adhere to the law. And so <laughs> it was, how it was, do you how, how do you prove that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you have to prove it uh, on the coin. Uh, it'll, it'll show like the date on the oh. coin. Oh, so, yeah. But uh, but what if you have a gold bar that doesn't yeah, have yeah, a date on it? That's true. That is true. So, <laughs> so a, lot, a lot of people are able to. Um, you know, uh, get around that through those loopholes. And so uh, I've noticed like with the tax code, um, the government provides, you know, incentives, you know, for people who, you know, farm oil, energy, uh, provide yep. housing or um, uh, own a business, uh, provide jobs. Um, but it, so- it sounds like from what you're saying that there are some people that have um, abused that that have abused that and there's people that actually use that to to uh to their advantage uh to get out of debt or to to build wealth and things like that right well uh whenever the 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 tax code is modified to benefit a group uh, you have to kind of back up and say okay who's the group what do they do what's their interest and what impact did the change in the tax code have on them? You you know, you don't typically come to Congress and say, hey, would you uh, revoke this so that I have to pay more? Or Mm -hmm. would you change the law so I can't do this or that so I have to pay more? No, no, they it's the other way. Yeah, They, They come in and they say, can you change this so that I'm exempt so I don't have to pay that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's, a, and what happens when one group gets a benefit, that burden shifts to the entire population or to another group because they raise taxes someplace else because that other 
group didn't have a powerful lobbying influence. Mm -hmm. Nobody came to talk to me about that. So I increased their taxes and they didn't, you know, I, I didn't hear from them because these people over here wanted theirs lowered. So, it's you know, like it's, death. it's almost like the death of the middle class. Well, uh, well, we, right. I think the middle class has recovered a little bit, but if you lump the middle with the lower end, that's, I don't know how many people, but that's the bulk of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And we need, we need that group to be successful. We want them to have jobs that provide for families so they can buy food and have transportation and, and all of that. Um, and they, they produce and, a lot of, a lot of the goods that we have in our, in our country, we need to produce more goods. And so those people, you know, uh, definitely work to produce the goods for the country. No, you're right. Uh, I love the people that, you know, the guy at Safeway, um, here in town in Port Townsend who, who, uh, makes the beautiful displays, um, my wife and I knew him in Vancouver uh, before we moved here because mm -hmm. he was at a Safeway that we shopped at down there. And then we moved here and then he moved here. Wow. And, but he doesn't make a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what he makes as a, um, the produce guy, um, but he's a, he's a wonderful man. And, you know, he could afford to move here uh, because the quality of life here is, excellent and, and, and all of that. So a lot of, uh, so what are some of the tax benefits that are given more to corporations and investors, uh, such as real estate investors? I know, um, uh, Warren Buffett, you know, he, he's been investing in stocks for a while and he's getting some tax breaks somewhere, <laughs> you know, but he does, he does give a lot too. But, um, what, what are some of the tax benefits of people owning businesses or, or becoming professional investors? Because um, a lot of people, you know, like we, we usually get a job and, 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 you know, we're fine or, or we're content, but uh, you know, really, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money just being an employee. Um, and so right. like, what, what are some of the tax uh, benefits that these corporations and investors get? Okay. Yeah. That's a great question. Daryl. Um, so um, from a um, public policy point of view, taxation <coughs> is an important tool <coughs> in achieving goals that, that the legislature, the Congress might have. For example, if, which is the case now, if, if the standard deduction for a married couple is 24,000 and the deduction for a single person is 12,000. Mm -hmm. uh, well, then if you're married and you file a joint return, you have a bigger deduction. Yeah. So that's the way the, the state encourages people to be married mm -hmm. because that's how you build wealth. If you're married. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> two people working, one one rent payment. Um, so uh, so anyway, the tax code is is a is a way to build societies and um, to encourage the behaviors that you want to see. And so 
for example, Daryl, you mentioned business. So if, if I'm a medium-sized business and I make carbon fiber parts for cars mm-hmm. and I, I can double my revenues and double my production if I buy robotic machines to make the carbon fiber and then I don't need as many people. I can let people go, which is a problem right there because now we have people that had a job that don't now have a job. Mm -hmm. But according to the tax code, the investment I made in that equipment, I can depreciate rapidly yeah. which reduces my taxable taxable income, which reduces my tax liability. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's an example of um, a deduction that you're allowed to take because um, of the socially desirable goal of building businesses so that they hire people. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking that. Cause answering that, uh, because I know, uh, for me, like, you know, uh, me and my wife, we own a, um, photography and video business. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm able to, uh, write off a few things like, you know, I did, uh, so technically a production company, but like I went out and bought all my podcast gear and I was like, I was like, huh? I'm like, we do production work. I'm, I'm writing this off. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it definitely, uh, comes with some benefits. You know, my cousin, he's, uh, he has a, uh, kind of like a travel, uh, agency kind of company. And, and so he, he, he does a lot of write-offs as well. Um, right. So it's definitely beneficial for even, you know, the average American to own some sort of business, you know, that, you know, they can have some write-offs, you know, um, from things that they may use, you know, throughout their life as well. Right. But so very good point, Daryl. And for the honest people in our community, like you and others, that's great. However, there's a segment of our society that will take that and will stretch it to such a degree that, if you looked at it, you'd say, eh, you know, yeah. not so sure I'd deduct that, you know, yeah, if I get definitely. audited. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. That, so that kind of brings us to, to like, you know, Donald Trump, you know, I, I know his taxes, uh, he paid, you know, uh, what is $750. And I, I know he has a lot of real estate and stuff, but I guess some of the deductions was like him getting his hair done or something like that. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm familiar with what you just said. So <laughs> if, if, if you are a, a big honking movie star and you have a, a, a program that's super popular, like the, what was it called? The Apprentice? Yeah. And you're the main attraction and you want your hair to be a certain way for that show. Why wouldn't that be a business expense? Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and for me, like it was, you know, when I first saw that, I was like, wow, he, he wrote off his hair, but uh, he is in entertainment as well, you know? And so, um, yeah. yeah, that is definitely um, uh, something that could be a write-off in those situations. Now there are, there are, I'm sure there are charlatans out there that um, fabricate and inflate um, and do other things, you know, people that, 
they're all over, you know, they mm-hmm. exploit. Now that, that brings up a good point about Trump. <clears throat> so the reason that he on his tax return only owed 750, $750 is because his tax accountants made payments in March, June, September, and December. Mm-hmm. The estimated tax payments that you have to calculate. Yeah, yeah. And mail in. Yeah. So his accountants figured he'd own he he would owe a dollar amount, and they missed it by seven hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, okay, okay, I see. So he owed the difference. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's right. That's, that, you don't get told that that piece of the story, you know. No, no. Everyone wanted to say he ripped off Uncle Sam. He only paid <laughs> seven fifty, and you know it. That's deceptive. Yeah, the IRS don't play. You know, like they 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 would be on them. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> they don't play. Right, and and I might add that his tax returns were released um, in violation of federal law. Okay. Okay. Nobody, yeah. nobody's prosecuting the, the New York Times or whoever let them out, but um, they could be prosecuted for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and you know he owns a lot of real estate, and I talked a little bit about um, in my uh, video I did on the cash flow quadrant that real estate you can depreciate uh, your properties, and and a lot of times you know you're not making as much money as 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 the depreciation for the year. So if you're Right. Uh, renting out a property for a thousand a month and you're depreciating at 15,000 a month, you're in the hole, you know? So, um, you know, plus all your other expenses that you can write off as well. And so Trump owns a lot of real estate and some of his businesses, um, uh, I, I don't, I don't believe was doing too well as, as well. So, you know, you, you have that component as well. So, um, people don't really think about that. Right. <clears throat> well, if, if you're um, the honcho of a big corporation and you have a hundred different business entities, um, you know, have you taken statistics, Daryl, as part of your um, uh, education and no. finance and all? No, that, that was one of them topics I, I, uh, I ran away from. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, statistics, um, it, um, at some point, you, you might just start looking into it. But so it's very interesting what statistics um, laws say about things. For example, if, if you have 100 different measurements and you plotted them, you would get a normal distribution curve, which means that most of your entries would be in the middle, and then you'd have some high ones and some low ones. Mm-hmm. So the vast majority of the population is going to be in the middle of that curve, paying, you know, 20%, 25% in taxes. Um, it, um, just for grins, uh, when I was a county manager down in Clark County, uh, my federal income tax burden was $47,000. Wow. That's what I pay. Uh, and that doesn't include property taxes or sales taxes or any, uh, you know, motor vehicle fuel or any of that. Um, 
I think that's how that number gets up there to like as far as the average because we do have uh sales tax and all those other taxes property right taxes and right if you if, I mean if you went if you went through do you have a cell phone Daryl yeah yeah have you ever gone through it to look at all the fees at the bottom how no, many how not. many how many of those <laughs> are, are, ta- are taxes yeah yeah definitely I'm, I'm sure uh, they, they have a lot of uh a lot of uh I've seen the bill a few times, but I haven't looked at it in a while. I know they're taxing the hell out of me, too. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, but, you know, one of those tax revenues goes to our local 911, mm-hmm. you know, or Jeffcom to, yeah, yeah. to help protect you and me and everybody else and to dispatch fire trucks and police and all that. Yeah, definitely. So that's a tax I'm happy to pay. But, um, you know, the, I think our, our county commissioners in Jefferson County um, might be looking at a, a slight increase in the sales tax for affordable housing. Yeah. Uh, a point, so we'd go to from 9.0 sales tax to 9.1. Now that matters to some people, um, or it did, because um, in the state of Washington, you're allowed to deduct sales taxes paid or income taxes paid, which we don't pay mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> as a deduction, which in my case has, um, has helped me reduce my tax burden. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's still the case. I, I'm not up on the, the latest um, state law regarding uh, taxes and, uh, and federal for that matter. Um, I, know, uh, I know California, they're, they're running people out of there. Taxation? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I didn't realize how bad it was out there. Yeah. Um, if you look, yeah, there, there are actually charts that show which states are gaining and which are losing. Uh, New York is suffering a tremendous loss. Um, Cal- moving, moving out, moving out, or are you saying like state deficits? No, moving out. Yeah. So people moving out. Yeah which will increase the deficit at the state level. And I know New York city has a big deficit and Cuomo says he's not bailing out de Blasio and Trump said, I'm not bailing out New York. So (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen with all that, but it'll be interesting to watch. Um, Yeah. California has been a lot of, I've I've seen a lot of, uh, uh, you know, rich people moving out of there. I think they try to implement some type of wealth tax and then they're trying to increase the state taxes. You know, I have a friend friend that moved down there, you know, he's doing, um, uh, you know, he's doing youth ministry. So he's technically working for a nonprofit and, you know, I told him, I was like, man, it's, it's probably hard to, you know, keep your head above water down there because those taxes are really high. And he's, he agreed. He said, you know, he, he was having a really hard time, you know, just trying to make it out there. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, you think the cost of living uh, here is, is high, you know, try to buy a place in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Thousand square foot apartment for a million and how much? Yeah. Yeah. Million. <laughs> Wow. So some some people have trouble with CPAs. So some people um, have CPAs that that they feel don't try their best or don't try to or don't really you know do their research and how to get them um, uh, tax breaks. I know one of the guys I watch uh, named Mark Moss. He um, he uh, when he first started his businesses, 
you know, he was paying a lot of taxes and then he started reading these books about, um, you know, the tax code and, and tax breaks and all this stuff. And he marked up this whole book and uh, just with with uh, notes and he handed it to the CPA and the CPA, uh, you know, still didn't want to do, uh, you know, what he asked. So he had to fire him or <laughs> whatnot. <And> so, uh, <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on that? Because it's, it's almost like any type of field, you know, you, you're going to have you know, your bad apples or, or your people that aren't as thoughtful or, or are lazy, you know, and right. don't want to seek that out. So what's your thoughts on CPAs that um, some CPAs are good and some CPAs aren't going to really get you uh, the best for your buck? Right. So uh, there, there's a, a body at the state level called the Washington State Board of Accountancy, and uh, in order to hold yourself out as a CPA, you have to meet educational requirements, you have to pass an exam, and you have to have experience. Mm -hmm. Only when you meet those requirements are you able to use the title CPA. Yeah. And when you earn that title, you have to keep up your professional education, and that's 120 hours every three years. Um, does that keep you completely sharp? No, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, um, you know, I'm in government. I'm not going to hang out a shingle. I don't need to know the tax code in depth. Um, there, there are other things I don't need to know because I'm in government, but I do need to know the government piece. So the fact that I'm a CPA doesn't make me an expert everywhere. It means I have an aptitude for the subject matter that I'm reasonably uh, informed on the latest rules and regulations. Um, <clears throat> but as in every profession, you have people that you might call charlatans who are simply out to make as much money as they can and to heck with the client mm -hmm. and just try to be clever about it so you don't get caught. Yeah, and then you have the very large middle um, folks that are pretty good that want to do a good job and that try um, reasonably hard to do a good job. And then on the far right, you've got the exceptional firms that have the highest quality people who are ambitious and who want to do a really good job and who will research every little thing. And so, um, so that's a spectrum of capability, talent, effort, and so on. But then, so that's the service provider side. On the customer side, you have a similar spectrum of people who don't make a lot of money, can't afford to pay a CPA a lot, mm -hmm. but have simple returns that they could do themselves or they could buy TurboTax to do for like $29. And then you have more complex cases uh, that require the middle of the profession. And then you have the high powered people on the, you know, that make tons of money who need to hire the high powered folks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, a guy like you and me, we're not going to get the high powered people. Yeah. But if you think that your accountant isn't doing the job, take all your papers to another one and say, what tell me what my refund should have been and then you can compare the the work mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah i i uh 
you know, this this year I've been kind of thinking about it for next year. Like, should I hire an uh, an accountant? Because um, I did a lot of uh, stock trades this year, and it's it's a lot. It's a lot to keep keep up with. I believe uh, TurboTax the first year um, they uh, they automatically populated every single uh, transaction I made through my uh, brokerage account. And oh then, boy! And then um, the next year I had to fill all of those in, and then so this year. Um, you know, we saw the market do a, a huge drop. Uh, and so I jumped in, you know, really hard. You know, I've been trading, you know, researching companies, you know, stuff like that. And and I'm like, I, I got a lot of transactions this year. So I, I may I may have to uh yeah in an account. <laughs> yeah. Well, for each for each one you got a buy and a sell date, you know, a buy date, sell date. How long was it? Was it short term, long term, right? Mm-hmm. And then what'd you pay and what'd you make? Yeah, What's definitely. the difference? Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So so with, with taxes, uh, I've kind of been researching some of this, um, you know, uh, so obviously like our government um, is supposed to be funded through taxation. And right now we're running huge deficits. Uh, I believe over 60 cents per dollar is being borrowed from the Federal Reserve that uh, we have to pay back on interest. And so a little over 30 cents is being collected through taxation. Um, so for me, like, you know, I kind of identify more with free free market capitalists. Um, I I do have some some ideals, you know, uh, socialist ideas. You know, I can agree with some of that. But um, more on the free market side, I've been kind of researching, like, if, um, you know, uh, taxes are unconstitutional and all those different things. And obviously getting into that battle of, you know, with the government, like, you know, obviously the IRS is going to (laughs) win, you know, I mean, you can go out and say, Oh, this is unconstitutional, but you're still going to have to pay taxes at the end of the day, or, or you're going to get a tax evasion charge or whatnot. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on taxes? Cause I, I know they implemented them, uh, around wartime to, to pay for the war. And I, I think there was a lot of, um, issues around um the supreme um the the justices the supreme court uh in approving taxes because they they felt that they were unconstitutional and and i want to think this was teddy roosevelt uh around the world war ii time um but uh, what's your thoughts on uh taxes being constitutional or not well i'm you know i'm not a constitutional um scholar however um when when we were a young nation um i can't recite precisely where the government got its revenues but i do know that some of the revenues that the federal government used to operate came from tariffs on goods coming in from outside the country and there may have been other sources as well uh, <clears throat> a lot of it was the um, we had to pay a lot of tax to um, to England, and that's when the Boston Tea Party and all of right. Um, so we were paying a lot of taxes over to them, but we weren't getting any representation. So we had that whole taxation yep. without representation thing. Exactly, um, and the Stamp Act and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, very hard for a federal government to discharge its responsibilities to a nation, especially as the nation began to grow um, in order to fulfill your duties to defend the country. You need a, 
a war department or a department of defense. Um, many of the government departments that we have now, some might argue are superfluous. Like, why do we need a department of energy? Why do we need a department of education? We have local school boards <clears throat> to take care of education. We have businesses that will, that will take care of energy. And, 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 you know, that's not a political comment. It's just to help answer the question that you have about taxation, right? Mm -hmm. So as the government grows, how do you finance all of its activities? Um, you can't use tariffs because we don't make enough in tariffs to afford the government that we have. So you need, you, you do need a, a source of revenue and that most likely source is to tax the people that purportedly benefit from the services that you're providing using the money they're paying you in taxes. Yeah. And so we could have a big debate about that, <clears throat> whether or not, uh, what I pay in taxes is coming back to me in equal measure. Um, <clears throat> it may be that somebody somewhere else is getting, so I pay 47,000 in taxes and I get back 30,000 in benefit. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm down 17,000, but then you go somewhere else and you find a person who <clears throat> isn't making a lot of money, doesn't pay a lot of taxes, but then is a heavy draw on social services, yeah. uh, hospital emergency rooms and that sort of thing. So that person's getting 50 grand in benefit, but only paying 12 in taxes. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Now, if, if we were all to disagree with that <clears throat> and stop doing that, we'd have one nasty society. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we're not going to do it. it. It wouldn't make sense to do it. Um, so how do you use taxes to try to level the playing field? I mean, because taxation is a tool to achieve goals, some of which could be social welfare goals or social benefit goals, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely interesting because, you know, I I, I kind of researched a little bit about uh, Reagan and 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 his um you know it's kind of called the what is it called the Reaganomics um, trickle down trickle down yeah and um and and you know and he kind of came in with the more uh, small government approach um, in which that was kind of like the uh, when the Constitution was being built like a lot of it was formed around keeping government small. Um, and right now government is huge. Um, yeah, it's as, massive. Yeah. So we're, we're paying a lot of salaries and I, I'm not sure we need all of those positions. Uh, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're and mo and most of it, most of them make a whole lot more money than we do, Daryl. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the same thing with the stimulus package, you know, like I, I was kind of thinking about the, this whole mess with, you know, Nancy Pelosi and then, and then uh, Steven Mnuchin and, and, you know, I, I kind of just research, like, I kind of just read how people respond to it. And, and a lot of people were just like, you know, uh, obviously, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi, you know, didn't want to proceed with the stimulus package unless we unless the uh, Republicans wanted to spend more money. But, you know, she's getting paid a big salary. And, and a lot of people are like, why didn't you compromise? You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. are really, you know, needing that help. We're like, why, why won't you compromise, you know? And, and right. Yep. 
we're paying her salary, you know? <laughs> so it's like, well, and then she got mad at a reporter that asked her that question. She snapped at him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that. That was, that was pretty, uh, that was, <laughs> uh, that, that didn't really, that didn't really seem like, um, 80 year old behavior. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Could I have some tea please? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thanks, Mark. I appreciate you joining the show today. Um, uh, I appreciate you bringing that perspective. You know, we're, we're trying to um, do a lot of this uh, with uh, bringing different professionals on and, and people that have experience in, in certain areas, just so that people are educated on on finance and, and all of its aspects. And so I definitely appreciate you for joining the Money Level Show today. Okay, my pleasure, Daryl. I'd be happy to come back whenever you have a slot that you can't fill with somebody else. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, you have a good day. I'll see you. Okay, okay, take care. Bye-bye.